Welcome to the Illusionary Podcast, everybody. My next guest has performed for the likes of Jim Gaffigan, Bo Burnham, and Wilmer Valderrama. He's been featured in Genie Magazine, The Linking Ring, and Real Magic, and he writes the popular show on the go in Vanish Magazine. Please welcome Josh Shinowski. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for coming. It's a, it's a great honor. Um, I met you on Instagram there. I've been following some of your stuff, and uh, I am trying to learn one of your tricks, but my slights are still a little bit off, so I'm working on it. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. <laughs> Sounds good. So let's get started here. Um, how, how long have you been performing your magical arts? Uh, it's going to be 10 years this upcoming year. Oh, wow. So a full, full decade. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's about to be 10 years. So what got you into magic in the first place? Like, what was that, uh, that, that starter fire? Uh, so I originally, before I was a magician, I was a musician. And so my senior year of high school, uh, we had a trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a band competition. And there were two bands. There was a, like, lower-level band and a more advanced band. And when the lower-level band was uh, performing in the competition, the advanced band, we got to, like, walk around the city. And there was a magic shop there, and I just spent my entire time in this magic shop. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, seeing the things that people were doing just, like, blew me away. And so I bought two tricks. But the, the moment that really got me was I was asking the guy at the counter if he had a business card. And he just pulled it out thin air, and that just, like, blew my mind. I was like, I have no idea how that was done. Like, I understood the tricks that I bought because, like, he showed me them. But, like, how did you pull out that card how did you know like you you didn't know I was gonna ask for one and it really messed with me and so I spent like months trying to figure out how it was done and then I eventually uh, I found this one website that looking back at it now was like super ghetto it was just some guy teaching tricks that weren't his out of his garage uh, but it led me to find like Penguin Magic and and I joined they had a forum back in the day and so I joined the forum and I met well actually one of my best friends I met him through the forum Jeff Price. And they sort of like were able to point me in the right direction of like legitimate magic things to start looking into. So that's sort of how it all happened. But yeah, it was just the card production blew me away. And I was like, that's it. That's magic. He's a wizard. I must learn this. So. Absolutely. I, I remember because I got into magic uh, the first time around when I when I was a kid and I had the, the same kind of uh, effect. But we were I can't remember if it was David Copperfield or Penn and Teller, but we were watching one of the, the TV shows and it just blew my mind. And my dad went and got me a little magic kit um, from a local shop that's no longer around. And it's awesome that you went into a magic shop to, to learn about magic because a lot of people don't get to experience magic that way these days because they're just not around anymore. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was a really exciting feeling for me to like go into this place that sold magic. Like that was a foreign concept to me at the time. So. Absolutely. I, I was lucky enough. Uh, I was down in New York recently and I stopped by Phantasma Magic, uh, also the Harry Houdini Museum. And I probably spent a good hour <laughs> there and it was just, it totally brought me back to my, my childhood <laughs> and just the definitely and just playing around and all the Harry Houdini stuff. It was just, Absolutely amazing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so during those early times, um, did you have any, um, inf like, who were your influences? Who were the people that you kind of looked up to and, and the tricks that you were kind of doing when you started out there? Oh, okay, so there's probably four people who were, like, the big ones when I first got started. Justin Willman. Uh, was for sure the huge influence because, like, he was the reason I was like, I want to learn more magic. Because, uh, like, when I started getting into magic, I saw a lot of his clips back 
when he was still just incredible on the Rachel Ray show. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. Cause like in my mind, I really didn't know much at the time how different magicians performed. And so I had like the Chris Angel, David Blaine thing in my head. And then here was a guy who was like funny, but like not like funny in a way that it's like, oh, he's a stand-up comedian who happens to do magic. But like his magic was funny and fun. I was like, oh, that was really cool. So he was definitely an influence. The other ones were Jay Sankey, Greg Wilson, and Wing Halchin. Like I think when I first got into magic, I got everything of theirs that I could grab my hands on. And I was just like, this is the coolest stuff ever. Like, because what was nice is the first two DVDs I got were on the spot and anytime, anywhere. And what I liked about them was the fact that they weren't card tricks. Like, so it was, I was able to do stuff with things around me. And I thought that was really cool because it, and in my head, if, if I was a real wizard, I could do stuff with anything. I didn't have to be like, here, let me pull out my special pen and these cards and this flip book that I have on me for some strange reason. So like, it was exciting to like learn these other things. And that really, I think, is what like bit me uh, in the with the magic bug. So awesome! Now, do you remember your your first performance? So you did all the learning. Do you remember the first time you actually performed for somebody that like wasn't your parents or like your friends? Yeah, no. My first show was at my local library, and it was funny because it was supposed to be uh, like I think it was supposed to be like twenty people max between the two shows because it was going to be two shows and I was going to do a kid's show and that was including parents so I was like okay this would be fun and for whatever reason and, and like they didn't advertise that I was performing that weekend so it wasn't like people knew everyone just happened to be at the library that weekend and I think between the two shows it was like 175 people oh, and for my first performance I was just like what is going on like it's just like I was not mentally prepared for that because in my head I was like 20 people max oh this would be great five kids each show their parents are, i got this and to have nearly 200 people split between the two shows i was like what on earth is happening and it was great though i had so much fun doing it and it really helped me like just to sort of really go out right away and just start performing for a large group and better get used to that because <laughs> you don't know if your audience is going to be big or small but you have to be prepared for either way so. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great way uh, to, to get over that fear of performing in front of people. Yeah, exactly. Go, go home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was no way that I could just like hide behind stuff because I'm like, there's a lot of people, especially considering it was my first time performing. So it wasn't even like I had like a frame of reference. Like this yeah. was just, this was it. So <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be a, a hell of a way to, to start performing for sure. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got something in mind and then all of a sudden there's just so many people, but yeah. And especially to have that many people come up to a library, just that makes me feel happy. Like oh, libraries, yeah, so not enough people are going to libraries, but I, I love what they're doing to try and get more people into libraries. I heard, I believe it's the Edmonton library. They're kind of turning it into a maker space. So they've got like, 3d printers and stuff like that to try and bring in more people. Like here's a bunch of books on maker stuff. Here's a bunch of maker stuff. Come into the library and use it. And I think that's, that's awesome. They need a little magic. Yeah. You go in and they do. That'd be very cool. That'd be very stuff. cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd love to actually, uh, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but he's putting on a, a workshop of using Arduino computers to make oh, your Mario magic the magic stuff. Yes, yes. And I yes. really want to take Love it. Mario. 
can't right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping he offers it again. In you, you, you should. I was talking with him uh, actually a couple months ago because we were at a convention together. And I love Mario. We, we, this was actually our third convention in a row, which is really weird because it just happened to be like we kept on being booked for the same places. So I've gotten to know him and his wife really well. And such the stuff he does is so cool. Like I've seen this lecture three times and every time I'm just like, oh, this is so exciting. So yeah, very cool stuff. Yes. And that that's really what got me back into magic was the the excitement of it. And actually, funny enough, um, you had mentioned uh, Justin Moman, uh, Magic for Humans is kind of what got me back into it again. After watching that, I'm like, hey, you know what? It's been long enough. I'm getting back into magic like that. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> I need awesome. to make, make people smile again. So, <laughs> that's so now you, you, you've started out with uh, hundreds of people at, at your first show. From that, um, did you develop any kind of pre-show rituals or anything, or do you have any pre-show rituals that you do now that, that kind of help you prepare, or do you just gung-ho go for oh. Yeah, for the longest time, I my, my pre-show ritual was to be very nervous uh, before going out there. I was just like, ah, like I hope this goes well. And it was like that, honestly, for the longest time. Like Even though I had done a lot of stuff, like I would perform. I went to UCF, uh, which is the largest university in the U.S., and I would perform once a month at this big like event that they had. So I would be performing for hundreds of people doing close up. And even though I was comfortable doing that, I would still get nervous before every show. But it wasn't until I started doing restaurant magic that I finally sort of like I was good. I just because with the the restaurant having to perform for so many people in such a short amount of time and having the possibility that they'll reject you and just say no, I don't want to see this it kind of got me over the fear of like, oh gosh, like I'm about to perform. Now I'm just like, okay, they say no, move on to the next table. So you can't really have that because you can't be anxious going up to, to each table. And then just also in general, there was a, a convention I went to in Atlanta a couple of years ago that Justin Flom was performing at. And he, he did a little uh, talk afterwards and something he had mentioned, which really stuck with me is someone asked him, like, do you ever get nervous before shows? And he said that like he has an entire show that he keeps in his wallet because in that way he knows that no matter where he's at, even if he lost all of his luggage, he has a full show that he can do just out of his wallet. And that made him feel more comfortable because he felt more relaxed because he knew he's always going to have his wallet with him. And that stuck with me because since I do a lot of money magic, I have a lot of magic in my wallet and I could do a full show out of my wallet. So between having that little piece of advice stick in my head and then the performing in the restaurant. Now my, my pre-show thing is just to make sure I have everything on me. <laughs> so. Always an, an important thing, but yeah, having, yeah. having a good plan B or having something that you can fall back on that uh, something improv improvisational as well. can, can Exactly. Because I, I think people, as long as they're, as long as it's not like completely never been practiced and just completely bail it like it's still going to be impressive um Definitely. i've been watching wizard wars lately i finally oh. finally found where to where to get that and they, they they cover that a lot like being able to perform with stuff that they've never performed with before and such a small period of time and the judges are always saying you know we saw this and we saw that but it really doesn't matter because you went for it and you just you put it in so people are very forgiving when you entertain them entertain them and you still screw up a little bit so that's yes definitely no. and also oh, wizard wars i miss that show so much. It was so good. I was supposed to be on it twice, which is what kills me every time oh, I no. think about the fact that it's not on anymore. But it was 
it was such a good thing. And I wish there were more shows like that. Like Fool Us is obviously fantastic and you have Masters of Illusion, but like there was just something about Wizard Wars that was just so cool and so different. And, yeah, that's what I, I really like about it. Comes back one day. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, you yeah. never know because yeah. things go viral online and all of a sudden Netflix brings it back. <laughs> that's, that's true, that's true. So. And they're doing more more magic stuff. So they yes. look, what's that, uh, Death by Magic now? So Yes, Death by Magic by DMC and Speaking of uh, being human or magic for humans, that just got announced for a second season yes. as well, which is very exciting. So, yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll see more. They're getting renewed, so bring them back. Definitely. Excellent. Yeah. So from from all these uh, amazing people that you've seen over your career uh, that have, have inspired you, is there any um, tricks or performances uh, from others that you've seen that really stuck in your mind and are really like? this is one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, no, so the, for me, the three best shows I've ever seen, and this is not in order, because they all have moments that I like, but would be Wayne Houchins, Penn and & Teller, and David Blaine. Uh, David Blaine's show, hands down, is probably one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life, not just magic. Like, it, watching it, and I've seen it twice now, it was just so surreal, because it feels like you're watching like a Houdini kind of deal and and the stuff he does because the stuff he does is a lot of it is very legitimate it's like there's a different feeling to watching it because it's not like oh okay this might mess up but it's part of the show like there's that pressure of oh my gosh this might mess up and it's crazy because like on in the show I don't know if, if you've seen it or not but he hasn't really there's not a lot in the show he does that you haven't seen already on his specials but it's one thing to see it on the special and it's another thing to be in the front row looking up and seeing it happen like right in front of your eyes so that show for sure it's mind-blowing uh i saw wayne's show he came to orlando to do a lecture and he did a show that was absolutely incredible it felt like what a magic show should be and then the first time i saw penn and teller teller did his shadows routine which is one of my favorite routines and then they did a routine that i will not spoil but they essentially did paper balls over the head to the entire audience. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Cause even like knowing how stuff works, the fact that the ending that they had blew me away. So yeah, those three shows are probably some of the best ones I've ever seen for sure. Awesome. I, I've always wanted to see Penn and Teller live. I was actually down in Vegas uh, a couple of years ago and mm -hmm. it was a last minute thing, like very shoestring budget and even the prices at the, at the red ticket booths where everything's cheaper. I'm just like, ah. I still want to eat tomorrow. So I'm going to skip the show. <laughs> here, so, Eating uh, is good. Yeah, you do want to eat. So. Yeah, I, I did try and get 20 bucks into 200 or 300 bucks, but I walked away with 40, so at least I doubled my money. <laughs> there you go. Away. So I, I, I would actually love to go down and do a Vegas just magic trip, go down for a week and just watch as many shows because there's oh for sure yeah so many people performing down there. So definitely. So now that I've heard about your your favorite performances from others, do you have a favorite performance of a show that you've done, like that you just remember and just be like, this was my best show. Like I, if I, if I could have recorded and sold this show, this would have been it. Hmm. That's a good question. I guess it's a little bit harder for me to think about that because the majority of stuff I do is strolling. So, uh, and I, for me, I'm very, very like off the cuff improvisational kind of stuff. 
a lot of like the the jokes I have that like I now use, I came up with them just once and it got a huge laugh and like, oh, I got to hold on to that. Uh, so it would be a little bit harder for me to have that one show and recording because it's sort of like aspects of a bunch. How about I mean, just a, a day or a per- particular uh, per- little mini performance? Yeah, um, I, I guess there was one day where I was at the restaurant performing and I know a lot of magicians hate hecklers. I actually enjoy hecklers because I have a very snarky sense of humor that I normally don't get to use in my real life. So when I get heckled, that comes out. And there was a table, it was a, it was a couple, and the guy was like, not heckling in a mean way, but like he was like having comments. And so he'd say something and I would say something back. And like, he just like, he would look at me, he's like, okay, game on. And so he would say something, I would say something, and this is going on while I'm performing. And the girlfriend was dying because she thought this was the funniest thing she'd ever seen. <laughs> and at the end, the guy was like, dude, you are amazing. Like, holy crap. Like, I did not expect to have this much fun. They gave me a huge tip. Turns out he has a pretty successful Instagram page. So he like posted about it. So like, that was definitely one of the coolest ones just because like, for me, I finally got to like, share that sense of humor that normally I don't get to use. And he had a blast because it was like fun for him to try like, it turned from heckling to a game. And now he's like, oh, like, okay, who's going to win? This is so much fun. And wait, you're performing while you're doing this? This is nuts. So <laughs> that, that would probably, if I had to choose one, I guess I would go with that one. That, to be able to handle hecklers at all is, is a yeah. good thing, but to be able to, to flip them from, yes. from a heckler into a having funner is, is even better. So yes, that's, exactly. <laughs> that's an awesome one. So obviously, since you've started doing magic, uh, a lot of things have, have changed um, in magic. So what's one thing that you've noticed since you've started that's uh, changed in magic? Either good, for the good or for the bad. Flap cards are, are all over the place now. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and like, I mean, I, I have a, a flap trick myself, but like there's, I, I feel like there was not that many that were being done when I first got into magic and now it's like every other trick is a flap somehow. So it's kind of fun when you watch a trailer because I feel like you're playing a game like, is this a flap or not? Find out <laughs> at the end of the, of the video. So that's definitely something. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all just because of the fact that like, there's a reason people are using it a lot. It is very visual, but I think it, it's gonna be interesting to see what is the next method trend that would be coming out. Uh, Cause like there's always trick trends where there was like the year of the bill switches and then there was the, the year of the witch hand effect and year of the watch and year of this. Uh, so I'll, there's always that trend, but I feel like method trend isn't as common where everyone sort of focuses on the same method. So I'll, I'm interested to see what the, the next evolution of that is. So <laughs> Absolutely. I, I would also love uh, to, to, to take some of the new tricks back mm-hmm. in time just to see yeah. how, how somebody from back in the day would, would, you know, deal with seeing that type of trick performed in such a different way. Cause you know, when everything started, you know, back in the 1500s, 1800s, even the early 1900s, it's so much sleight of hand and oh, 100%, to see yeah. a gimmick that just completely nullifies all their work just to see, what they would do with that, I think could be simply amazing. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And like, I mean, even just going back with like a smoke device, I think that would just like completely break people back then to just have smoke appearing out of your empty hands or something. Just like, 
what is going on? I think they might have actually that's not right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Wizard. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, that that would make a whole reality show in and of itself. I think <laughs> that'd be a great show. Back in time, you're very hard to film because you would have to use time travel. But other than that, it'd be a great show. <laughs> yeah, that, that I think that would be the most funnest uh, show to to ever ever do so oh uh do you do you have a favorite uh trick that you like to perform now um yeah i sort of combination stuff there's definitely like trends in for me of what i like to do uh lately i've been doing a lot more mentalism casually kind of deal when i'm like hanging out with friends and it would go to like a a bar or a club and someone's like oh josh show me something so i've been doing uh my own version of Witch Hand and Free Will. Um, I just picked up the Turner Watch, which is now my everyday watch. Uh, I've been doing that. I love Wiki Test. Uh, I do uh, a lot of uh, cell phone unlocking kind of stuff like that. So I, I've definitely been doing more mentalism casually, which is also fun for me because, like, when I perform professionally, most of the stuff I perform is my own. But I don't really have, I only have maybe like two or three things when it comes to mentalism. So performing more mentalism has been interesting for me because it's sort of been like getting my brain to start thinking like, okay, what, what can I bring to, to this very impressive table kind of deal? So, and I have a few things in the work. So. Yeah. There's some absolutely amazing mentalism these days. Like I, I remember back in the day, I, I used to think mentalism was, was more like the, the mind readers and the, and, and the gypsy balls and stuff like yeah. that. But it, it has come a long way. Um, I just got uh, the Zanman test, uh, the Zanman oh, nice. test and yes, yeah. I've got Zodiac as well. And just the differences between the, the two of them are huge and can do, so many awesome things. Like I love that Zenman, I can just put in my back pocket and mm-hmm. go, go around. But Zodiac, I love the, the, the multi stages of it and just being able to, to blow people's minds. And uh, I am trying to, to learn more of the mentalism things. I've actually been um, practicing with loops and um, I'd like to do uh, some of the invisible touches um, yes. from, <clears throat> from that. And so Future, future stuff once I'm more comfortable with that, but I, I love what uh, mentalism is becoming and mentalism is more popular. And actually going back to the Wizard Wars when Spidey was on and Penn and Teller were, or Penn was making fun of him for it and he came back and just totally made it even yep. better like that. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned Spidey because actually when we were done here, I'm headed over to Spidey's place to, to jam. <laughs> And I love it when I go over there because he, since he does mentalism, he has all these cool things like he shows me every time. I'm just like, that's so cool. Wait, how does this work? Oh, oh wow. I didn't realize that principle was a thing. Like, so it's always very, a lot of fun hanging out with him. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In a smaller town, like I'm in, um, I know of two performing magicians out here and I'm, I've been trying to find more and uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to try and get together and uh, go for, go for a drink but it, it, it's pretty busy season right now so we're gonna wait until <laughs> until after that to, to hang out but i think um being able to to get together with with other people and just bounce ideas yeah. and just play around and just chat and can can be huge uh not only for learning but coming up with new concepts oh, and 100%. Be, oh my god you just made me think of an awesome way i could do that 100 um, percent. yeah 
being a tech guy myself, I, I think in very strange ways. And I've on numerous occasions, not specifically in magic, but have come up with very different ways to do things. And people are always like, oh my God. So I'd, I'd really like to be able to, to put that uh, towards towards more magic stuff and, and learn more about building tricks and stuff, which is why I'm very interested in Mario's course there as well. So definitely, definitely. Awesomeness. <laughs> All right. So what is one piece of advice that you wish you had gotten at the beginning of your career that uh, being in it now, you know, 10 years later, what is something that you wish that at the beginning that you knew up front rather than, you know, a year or two later? Uh, research. I would definitely say research for, for a couple of reasons. One, as a trick creator, it's good to know what has been done and, and the history of stuff. Um, but then even just as a performer, like you might be, there's a trick you might want to do and you, you were like, ah, oh, how will I do this? And rather than spending countless hours trying to reinvent a wheel, it, it might have already been done. There might be the solution that you're looking for. And there's been times like a, a friend of mine recently texted me because he has a student who's going to be doing the show and he's like, Hey, this is the kind of trick that my friend or my student's looking for. Like, do, do you know of anything we're trying to come up with a, a way of doing it? Do you think you could build us something? And, and there ended up being a very simple method that has been around for a while. And it just, it didn't really click for them. And it took having someone else who had done a little bit more research to, to find it. So I would definitely say research is important just because whether you're a performer or creator or both, like that stuff comes in handy. It's good to, to know. And it only makes you look better because you don't want to be the guy who's like, oh yes, this is my trick and I came up with it. And then someone says, oh, well actually here's all this information. Or you don't want to be the one who's like saying something like, yeah, uh, this guy invented the trick and it turns out it's something else. So it makes you a better magician just to, have that knowledge. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Though I do think research can be a bit of a double-edged sword because <laughs> you start researching and then you end up down a rabbit hole of all this amazing stuff and you lose focus yeah. of what you were originally looking into. It's like, oh my God, what was I looking up originally? That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with some of the research that, that I've been doing uh, over the past couple of months, I, I've been running into that myself of, ooh, cool, click, 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 nine websites away from where I started, but found some really cool things that I never thought I would find. So Exactly. <laughs> so um, along with that research, is there a specific trick or slight or something that you think every magician should learn or at least attempt in their career, even if it's not something they're, they're going to perform just to better understand magic or performing or anything like that. <clears throat> I think honestly, I would say the two things would be a shuttle pass and a double lift because I come from the school of thought, which is like the Greg Wilson school of thought and other people where you can do like the most amazing retention vanish in the world, but no one but a magician puts a coin in a hand that way. Whereas just doing a, a quick little false transfer or shuttle pass, that is much more believable. And like it, it feels less like a move. Like if I do a retention vanish, it feels like I'm doing something. And sometimes that's good if you're going for a more theatrical thing, but if like you just want to, someone hands you something and you want to vanish it, that feels weird, whereas just the, the quick little casual false transfer, boom, it's gone. And then for a double lift, my big pet peeve when I see magicians perform 
is they'll do a double lift and it's a great double lift, but you can tell they're doing a double lift because that's the only time they ever flip over cards that way. And so for me, like I made sure that when I learned my double lift, that every time I flip over a card, no matter if it's a single, a double, a triple, half the deck, I don't care. I always do it the exact same way because then it's more consistent and it's less likely someone's going to think you're doing something because you're always doing it that way. So those would definitely be like, like the two slights that I would say, like get those down and be consistent with how you do it. And your magic will be that much better in my opinion. Love it. I, uh, I, I really, <clears throat> I really feel that one too, because when, when I first started in magic as a kid, I kind of noticed that it was very specific movements that I wasn't normally doing. And that took me a long time to, to figure out how to do right because I was doing things that seemed unnatural to me yeah. at the time. And then the more you do it, the more natural it became. But that was always the thing in my mind that people were going to bust me on was this isn't a, a natural thing. Of course, yeah. people are so entertained. They, if they do notice they're, they're not saying anything, they just love the magic, which was, which was awesome. So <laughs> it was, but yes, I, I love that answer. So to, to finish things up, one of my favorite questions. If you could spend one day with any magician, living or dead, who would it be and why? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough question. There's so many people I'd like to hang out with. Um, or we could do a top three. That's tough. You know what? I'm okay. I mean, this is someone I have spent the, the day with, but I, every time we hang out, it's always a blast. I would go with Garrett Thomas. He's, he's one of my favorite magicians. He's one of my favorite people. I'm, I'm so glad that we're friends. Um, just because I remember the first time I met him, I was just like, ah, it's Garrett Thomas. So like to be friends with someone that made you go like that is really cool. But every time I hang out with him, I always learn something, even like not related to magic, just like in general. And so I would say spending a full day with him outside of like a magic lecture convention, I think would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. So I'll go with awesome. that. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much for, for coming on the, on the show today. It's uh, been a pleasure chatting with you. If people want to find you, where should I send them? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at just Josh and magic. So J U S T J O S H I N M A G I C. That would, that's the, where I post most of my stuff. Uh, that's where I'm sort of focusing most of my work nowadays. So find it. And I'll make sure that uh, when everything gets posted, we'll post a link to it as well. So Awesome. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you very much again. And for those of you uh, listening and watching at home, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you again next time. Keep being magical. <laughs>